Hey, everybody, and welcome back to We're Just Talking. I am Julian Spivak, sitting next to my beautiful wife, Carly Spivak, a.k.a. Carly Camaris, because she still has yet to legally change her name over to Spivak, but it's all good. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, we're going to be talking a lot about a bunch of different stuff, but we called this episode Turn Off the Noise because we're going to focus on um, compartmentalizing professional life and personal life. I think this is a topic that a lot of people um, not necessarily struggle with, but um, you know, kind of go back and forth between, you know, the blurred lines of professional life and personal life. And I think it's just important to delineate those two. Um, not saying that they can't sometimes overlap, but um, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to get into that's going to help to kind of break things apart and um, hopefully provide some benefits to you guys um, that we have at least experienced in our practice. But first, we wanted to talk um, just kind of a little bit about current events and stuff like that. Um, I think in the beginning of each episode, we're going to talk um, kind of what's been going on with us, what's been going on with the world. And not to say this is going to be like, you know, CNN where we give you like a news briefing, but we just talk about kind of what's been going on in our life and, um, and, you know, people in general and what we've been seeing, stuff like that. So as a lot of you know, well, as everybody knows, <laughs> this is a quarantine that we're in now. Um, I know that when I talked to our production company, Dimly Wit Productions, um, they had mentioned that there were a lot of people trying to do podcasts solely about the quarantine. And to me, that sounds like this will you know if it's if there's going to be a podcast about it like that would indicate to me that this is never going to end and that would be really bad wouldn't it that would be yeah that sounds absolutely terrible and i don't <laughs> want this to be like that i want this to be fun and we want this to be entertaining and we want this to be kind of like a more social and more um getting together than anything else so we're not going to definitely get into too much of the quarantine although we might be getting into some topics and certain things that we've been doing to pass the past time during the quarantine um Carly? yeah we you know, we've been doing a lot of interesting things to pass the time, and I think it's a function of being limited. Um, I mean, if you could see the two of us right now, I'm glad that you can't see the two of us right now. Let's just put it that way, right? I mean, we're just, I, I mean, I, for one, am a disaster. I don't know about you. That's but, not true. Yeah, That's yeah. True. No, it is. It is. It's fine. It's all right. You don't need to sugarcoat it. No. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, I, 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 you, you've kind of been cooped up here in the house uh, the entire time, which, I mean, that takes a toll on its own. You know, I've been um, actually at work, um, but I still feel just as quarantined as everybody else because it's just go to work, go home, go to work, go home. So it's kind of like almost no different than just being at home the entire time as well, you know? Yeah, nothing, and I mean... Nothing things... truly to look like look forward to doing on Friday night or on the weekends just because we're kind of all stuck here. Although I love spending this quality time with you, babe. Um, <laughs> but Again, we don't have to sugarcoat it, but uh, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it's great. But uh, I mean, our hobbies include, you know... Going to Costco, going to the Dunkin' Donuts drive-through occasionally. I mean, those are the highlights of our weekend. So it's kind of it's kind of sad. Yeah, those are those are pluses. Yeah, and especially when the weather is shitty, it's just like there's really nothing to do when it's when it's not nice out. I just want to bash my face against the wall. <laughs> that's that's really it. Well, I don't think that helps anybody. But um, anyway, so a lot of the stuff that we've been doing to pass the time aside from well i mean i'm still working full time so i'm working from home um i never thought in a million years i would miss my commute or traveling to my office but i really do i miss the change in scenery um although i talk to my coworkers every day i do miss them um but that's another thing that kind of prompted us us to do this episode because now the lines are more blurred than ever between working and being home because you're always at home when you're working at least those of us that still are working 
for the most part, aside from frontline workers and essential workers. Um, so that's what kind of spurred the idea. But um, we've been watching NFL Draft. I know that's one of your favorite things to talk about. Um, we had that. That was virtual, which again, a byproduct of this quarantine. We had to watch it. Um, it was on, it was broadcasted on TV, but everybody was talking via Zoom, I think, or video conference. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And all the players were being called. I mean, I think that's the case with a lot of the players every year. They get called instead of being physically there, which is so so not much has changed from that perspective. But I know like the first like the first couple picks are usually physically there, right? Yeah. 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 So that was uh that was not happening this year and then also the commissioner uh roger goodell couldn't get booed live which was really upsetting i look i look forward to that i personally look forward to that every year but yeah. well, he, um, he, he embraced it though he embraced the booze when, yeah um, you know yeah i mean it's now it's like a gimmick thing like he's it was uh it was good though i think like the nfl draft just now like gave almost the entire like economy hope you know um, for example, I think I think they were able to raise like a hundred million dollars uh, due to for COVID nineteen, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, that is, and it also kind of brought everyone back together and almost made everyone feel like uh, kind of like a sense of reality and a sense of normalcy. Um, bringing everyone together for you know to watch the NFL draft, and it was almost just as interesting as watching an actual sporting event since we haven't had any yeah. uh, recently. So again, um, you know, regardless of who your team is, I'm sure that. Uh, Everyone, you know, enjoyed the draft and um, is kind of one more stepping stone, getting us closer to, you know, coming out of this quarantine and actually getting back to somewhat of a new norm. Julie, <laughs> Julian at one point was watching um, video simulation football, which is actually on a channel that we have. I never I never knew it existed until this quarantine happened, but it's it's literally like a predetermined. What is it like a video? It's like it's like playing Madden, except you're not playing Madden. You're kind of just watching somebody play uh madden with legit like um team names and uh and like simulated players so i was watching this maybe for five minutes because i just could not actually believe that this thing existed <laughs> and what i was actually watching it was like the snfl or something like that simulation nfl i, I forget what it was what it was actually called but i could not believe what i was actually watching yeah you watched that for longer than probably you'd like to admit it was but... like five minutes carly yeah okay well maybe a little bit longer than that <clears throat> so anyway um i figured we would get started today um of course well first of all i just want to apologize if i'm talking really fast it's because i'm drinking an unprecedented amount of caffeine um so if i'm stumbling over my words or speed talking i apologize um it, it really comes out of boredom i just keep making coffee for myself over and over and over um because it's an activity and it's something that i can look forward to which is really sad so anyway um we're gonna get into our show today we're gonna be talking a little bit about uh the delineation between professional life and personal life um i know that that sounds pretty simple like you go to work in the morning you come home and once you come home, that's it. I know that um, certain jobs, you can easily delineate those two. And when you clock out at five or when you leave your office at five or six or whatever time it may be, you can just turn it off and come home and everything's fine. And all of your left is work for you to pick up the next day. Um, I know I don't have a job like that and neither does Julian. So um, we thought we would do an episode on this to kind of talk about these issues and kind of how to... Um, set boundaries for each of those things um we uh, as you know i'm in the legal industry julian's in uh julian works for a tech company um he is a manager um so yeah um so i would say you know again um you know i specialize in uh like logistics supply chain management transportation 
Um, so basically uh, an operation that never actually ever ends, especially within this economy in this world, um, especially including this pandemic right now, that it's always operating. Uh, I would say that the biggest struggle, at least for me, um, is the fact that I, you know, I'm physically, you know, on site for um, at least 10 hours a day normally. Um, and then when I come home, I can't really sh completely disconnect or shut it off because I'm still being messaged and people are calling me, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very difficult for me to come home and truly am able to disconnect and kind of like um, recover from the day so that I can go the next day being just as effective and efficient um, and ready to go than I was, you know, that, that same day. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I would say it's the fact that, um, unfortunately I'm just not truly able to disconnect, uh, especially when you're in charge of, you know, an operation that is going 24 seven. So even like when I am not there, um, you know, it, it's, it, the operation goes on, you know, and uh, I could be, you know, on site 10, 12 hours, busting my ass all day. And then come home and just need to be able to disconnect a little bit and handle, you know, personal issues or things going on within the household. And I can't because I'm still being, you know, called or, or, or messaged regarding issues that are happening on site during that time when I'm no longer on site. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I think for you, I know. And for me, I think a lot of the time it comes down to prioritizing. You want to make sure that you're prioritizing, um, you know, what things absolutely need to get done today, what things absolutely need to be answered today or at that moment and kind of delegate the things that are less important and less on fire to the next day when you come back into work after you're done decompressing, after you're done being home with your family, after you've, you know, had your done your morning routine and everything else. I think that it's important to prioritize. I know Julian's done that a lot. Um, over the past year, he's been working a lot on, um, you know, setting boundaries, even with his managers. I mean, there's a professional way you can go about saying, you know, I'm not available at four o'clock on a Saturday. I'm just not like that. Like those were not the hours that I, I mean, certainly if you, if you're working hours or the weekends, then obviously that's not an excuse for you, but I'm saying on the days that you're off, there are ways to handle, um, you know, I mean, and of course there's always the calls that could be an email, and I think we all experience that and we all kind of get frustrated with that. And it's like, well, there's a conference, a mandatory conference call at, you know, two o'clock on a Sunday. And it's, it ends up being something that could have been just simply typed out in an email blast, but was a conference. So Julian's been kind of working on honing in on what those calls might be. And when, when he knows, like, you know, he's gotten better, obviously he's been with his job for a while now. So he's gotten better at being able to sense when a call is going to go that way. And I think you've been you know, I think you've been able to be like, okay, well, I'm not available at that time. So you can just let me know what was said or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's very important too, especially for, you know, all of you managers out there that uh, if you have people under you, especially if you have like supervisors who work for you, um, you have to delegate down, you have to delegate authority, you have to, um, you know, earn trust and, and, and bring up the people um, who are under you and hold them accountable as well. Uh, that's the only way that you're going to truly be able to ever get some time to yourself. And again, like you need that time, like you need that time to recover. You need that time for your personal life, for your family. Um, because if you don't, um, no matter how much time you take, it's going to build up. And before you know it, you're, you're going to shut down. And then that's going to be way worse than maybe gradually spreading out the time. You know, for example, if uh, it's 4 p.m. maybe, again, um, maybe on a, a Thursday or a Friday or even a Tuesday, and maybe you have to leave at that time, well, then just leave at that time if you yeah. have to, you know. Um, don't think, oh, be, well, you know, I have to stay till 8, 8 o'clock tonight. Like, again, if you delegate authority down, if you've 
if you have the right people who can run the operation while you're not there, then you're fine, you know, and the boundary should be that when you leave, you are now just in escalation for emergency situations. Um, you are no longer on site, but you have the proper people in place to ensure that the operation still is running efficiently and is still being effective. Yeah, I think I think that that's important delegation. That's a really important one. Um, I know Julian has people underneath him who should, in theory, be able to handle certain things. And he finds that nonetheless, they're reaching out to him anyway. So a lot of times, if it's something that he truly thinks that he's trained his guys to know how to do, or he has previously demonstrated what they're supposed to do in that scenario, and they're still asking, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like let them sink or swim type of thing. Like you just like, no, I, you know, you, you've been trained on how to, how to figure this out. And you need to do that right now because I'm not there type of thing. Right. Like, yeah, you just have to make sure that that expectation has been set, but yeah. also that the people who you are delegating down to has been properly trained, has been probably given all the uh, proper tools to be successful um, to where they really shouldn't need you. Um, again, other than to basically give you an update on maybe an escalation that honestly they should already be handling um, unless it's something completely out of their maybe scope. Yeah. Um, but again, um, you know, you have to structure, you know, your your work, your work life balance is, is huge. And again, if, if, if you're in charge, again, of an operation um, and you're running it like you're not going to be as effective if you're not getting that time to yourself to be able to disconnect, de decompress and take care of your personal life. Again, um, in our pilot launch of this podcast, you know, we said that uh, we believe truly that, you know, we're not here to, we don't, we don't live to work, you know, we work to be able to live and enjoy our lives. So honestly, if you're not enjoying your life, then what really is the point of all this? Yeah. And I think that that's, that's become really apparent with this whole quarantine situation. You're kind of just like, you know, clearly, clearly a lot of these companies um, have managed to finagle, although I think, I don't even think it's that. I think it's just you know, thrusting an older generation into the age of technology, um, have been able to negotiate remote workplace, which has been available for decades now. But, um, you know, maybe maybe now is the time that they're going to accept it for the first time. Um, I know my firm, I mean, the, the attorneys are able to work remotely and um, have been given that. And depending on, it largely depends on what practice group you're in, but, um, you know, have been given that type of freedom, which I think, you know, we've all, we're all professionals, you know, we're all, we all do a job. And I think that if we can do that job, it doesn't really matter where it's done from. And I think that that's going to be a big takeaway from this whole pandemic. Um, I think that companies are going to be able to cut down on their overhead because they're going to be allowing um, more work from home type of, or, or at least balance the week out work from home versus work in the office. I mean, I know from a law firm perspective, you're saving hundreds of thousands of dollars just on paper and electricity and all this overhead, you know, that you right. would use being in an office um, by having people work uh, at home and converting everything to something that's electronic. Um, and even with the courts, they're starting to finally accept it, which I mean, the courts have been archaic for so long now that it's just like they I mean, they were in a mad scramble to try and get everything um, ready to go for like a remote type of courthouse to run a remote courthouse. Um, but turning from what Julian said, I know he manages a lot of personnel um, and that might not be true for a lot of you. And I know it's not true for me. I don't manage a team. I am more of a part of a team. I don't have anybody really underneath me. Um, I have an assistant, but I, I wouldn't say that she's somebody that I, you know, manage. Like I don't manage her. She's she's just more of a of a component of our team. She's a she's a colleague. And I think that setting boundaries translates to the 
business model in the sense that, you know, I, I make boundaries with my clients and it's not even so much an explicit boundary. It's more like, um, you know, I'm happy to serve my clients and do everything that they ask me to do during normal work hours. And generally it's not a problem. I mean, a lot of, a lot of these clients don't, you know, require or need, um, my undivided attention all weekend or, or, or late into the night. But, um, you know, sometimes we're faced with deadlines that we, you know, somehow get ourselves into a, into a situation where we have to work late or we have to work over the weekend, which is fine. And if, if that's something that is helpful to you, by all means do it. But if you're trying to cut off your work life at a certain time and during a certain time and make, make time for family and personal obligations, things of that nature, I think that having boundaries is helpful in the sense that, you know, maybe don't answer your email after a certain hour, you know? Um, and I think that that's perfectly okay. I don't think that, um, anybody's ever going to come down on you for saying, you know, oh, well, you didn't answer my mundane and routine email that I sent at 1130 at night last night. Like, I just don't think that that's sans some sort of, you know, urgent marking or, you know, I really, I'm really in jam. Can you help me type of thing? Um, you know, I, I think that the routine emails, and I think that, when you're a good worker, you're a hard worker. I think that you just defaultly are like, well, let me answer this right now since I got it right now and I'm seeing it right now. I think that um, a part of, you know, separating that work life from your home life is, you know, maybe putting, may, waiting till the morning for that email or, you know, I know it in, in my team, my immediate team with my colleagues, we always write, you know, if something pops in my head, I, I'll write it out late at night, you know, and send it, but I'll always make a note that says like, don't answer me right now type of thing. Like, and that's with people that I know you know, people that are in my, my group, in my company, in my firm. But, um, you know, I mean the routine email saying, Hey, can you look at this? Can you look at these numbers? Can you look at this, uh, scenario? Can you give me a a rough estimate of this? I, I, I don't think that that's ever looking for an answer immediately. You know, I think it's just, you know, when, when you are next at work, please look at this like type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. And I think, uh, you know, the more that maybe you do answer that email at 1130 or 12 o'clock at night, the more they're going to kind of almost, uh, that'll be the Come new, expect it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the new expectation that when they send an email at 1130 night that you're going to answer. And um, I don't think that's building a good um, uh, relationship with work uh, when yeah. you're doing things like that. So. Then you start to resent it and you start to hate what you do. And yeah, I yeah. see that all too often. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The more that becomes the norm, um, the more, yeah, you, you, again, you're naturally going to begin to resent and hate what you do. And hating what you do is, get, that's when you get to the point where, you know, you're on site and you're working, but then like you're also just looking at the clock constantly going, when can I get the hell out of here? Right. You know, and that's that's the worst feeling in the world is basically you're just looking at a clock, seeing when you can leave because then it's like, well, what really am I doing? Right. I'm miserable being here. Like, you know, right. it, it, it's... And that, again, that, that, that could be the fact that you're burnt out, that you know, you've, you've dedicated too much of your time to doing what you're doing. And now, even if you enjoyed what you're doing at one point, now you're learning almost to hate what hate it. Yeah. And it, it's, the, it's, in my opinion, it's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. And I think that you become a better employee when you enjoy what you're doing and when. Yeah. You, and then when you have time. When you, yeah. When you're, not be, when you're not a prisoner to your own job, Agreed. I think you become a better. I know I, for one, I've worked for every type of boss under the sun i mean i've worked for the t- type that you know just you know puts you in an office and expects you to know what to do without any kind of training at all you know fresh out of law school i've had that um you know i've had the boss who's rude and nasty <laughs> and anytime you have a question you know they rip your head off i mean that's like the most unproductive thing that you could possibly do to somebody that's 
your colleague and somebody that you're working with and that you're on the same team. I mean, there's no reason I, I've, I've always said this like time and again, and I've seen like senior attorneys being nasty to younger attorneys and to their paralegals and to their assistants. And that gets absolutely nothing done. I mean, even, you know, in, in terms of getting something done quicker, it, it doesn't qu- It just makes the person anxious. It makes the person upset. It makes the person hate you. And it makes the person not want to do what you're asking them to do. So I just don't, I'll never understand why, um, you know, the, the person that's barking orders is doing, like, I'll never get that. You know, if you come from a place of understanding and asking nicely, pleases and thank yous, like, I mean, it's just, it's just rudimentary, like politeness. And I think if you, you know, even when you're feeling frustrated, you can't, you can't fly off the handle because then whoever you're speaking to or whoever you're asking something of it there, you're not going to get what you need or what you want from them by being. Yeah. And that, this also comes down to maybe a topic of discussion for another time, or we can just add to it now. But I think um, what you're kind of getting into Carly now is, is toxic leadership. Yeah. Um, and again, depending on what business you're in, um, you, you might have a lot of supervisors or managers or people in high positions who are quote unquote technically in a position of leadership, which they don't understand what even that means. Right. Or deserve it. Yeah. We definitely, we have a lot of um, material on conflict resolution that we want to do a separate podcast on, but just touching on that briefly, like I know that my productivity goes in the toilet when somebody's, you know, when I know somebody's like barking at me or like being rude or like sending passive aggressive emails, the keyboard warriors are the worst. Like the people that, you know, want to be rude to you on email and say, you know, make slights at your personal like well-being like i mean it's just it's just so thankfully now i'm in a place where i work for a really awesome person and he'd never you know he would never do that to me but um and i also find that my attitude has changed in the sense that if for some reason my boss needs something done on a saturday and asks me to do it i'm more likely to say yes and help you out if in the past you have treated me like a human being right Yeah. yeah absolutely Absolutely, because now it's more than just a uh, it's more than just like a um, boss to uh, associate like relationship. Now it's like an actual like like colleague, coworker, a colleague, a coworker, yeah. a hum- an actual good human, human being, yeah, um, interaction and relationship. Yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you on that. Um, so that makes you a better worker, you know. Um, when when you're you're just being treated with kindness and yep. understanding. Um, but anyway, so those are kind of just like base things, base mm-hmm. elements of um of like what we would say is a healthy workplace. I think that managing expectations is really important in, um, you know, separating your, your work life from your home life. And I like to, I personally like, and we're going to get down to like helpful tips and like things that you can do to make sure that these two things stay separate. Um, but you know, and I, this is not to say that I haven't caught myself, you know, answering an email at the dinner table or, you know, taking a call like in the, I just recently last couple weeks ago before this quarantine happened Julian and I were out to dinner and I got like an urgent email from a colleague actually out in the Midwest and I like jumped up from the table and went outside and called the person and I was like why did I do that like I should like that's like against my own advice of setting boundaries but it ended up being a benign situation too but I mean it's just things like that just if, if that's happening constantly it's kind of where you need to just like sit back, reevaluate and be like, okay, how can I now shift this dynamic to be something that's manageable? How can I change this from being, you know, from my work taking over the time with my husband to something that I can just have for my nine to five and then, you know, decompress after that. Right. And this is, this is, and these are times that like, you're never going to get back. You're never going to get back that time, Yeah, you know? So 
that's why it's critical to pay attention to it and definitely um, have those boundaries and draw that line. Um, we are going to take a quick break. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost their life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now. And we're back. Um, now, since we are on the, this conversation, um, this topic of conversation, I will say too, and again, I know I mentioned before um, how I am a veteran, um, and I would, what I would like to say, and what I've noticed, um, yes, many many companies do uh, look to hire veterans. Um, one because they know that veterans are um, dedicated, they're strong, they're loyal workers um, who work hard. Um, but the main thing here is because, and it's kind of installed in all of us veterans um, from you know the time we hit basic training to the time we get out, is that you always place the mission first, right? That means you basically place it above everything else, right? So a lot of employers understand that mentality, and that's the mentality they're looking for. So they're going to look to hire veterans. They're going to look for that experience. They're going to look for that leadership as well, because not only are they looking to do that, they're looking to hire strong leaders, right? They need strong leaders to run their business that are always going to place the mission first, um, which is absolutely uh, correct. Um, and it's also uh, very good that they do look to hire veterans. Um, and I'm always trying to help recruit veterans as well, um, because, again, we are a very um, small, tight, uh, tight-knit family. Um, but what I'm saying is you just be careful and be aware that, um, you know, it, it might be a struggle for you at first to make those adjustments to actually have a work-life balance. Cause when you're in the military, well, you know, you kind of, your work-life balance is what they say it's going to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're a civilian and you're out on your own, um, you, you make those decisions now it's up to you to make that call. So please, um, you know, a lot of us get out of the military, retire or get out early because one, maybe you want to start a family. Or maybe you want to do things that you just didn't have a chance to do while you were in the military. You know, don't get out and then find yourself working more and having less time than you had available while you were in the military when you're out. Okay, so just be aware of that. And um, again, um, but they are going to, companies will value you, companies will hire you, um, you know, of course, as long as you're squared away. But what I'm saying is just be careful and watch out for the fact that one of the reasons they're so attracted to veterans is the fact that they know that you're always going to place a mission first. And that chances are you're probably a pretty good leader. Yeah, right. and that's definitely not a bad thing. I think that the, that kind of work ethic is great. Um, I just think it can just make it more difficult for you to compartmentalize those two things and and turn off at the end of the end of the day, so to speak. Yeah, well, that's also my fault now. And going back on to me answering escalations or calls or messages, you know, at you know nine p.m. at night when I was on site for you know nine, ten, eleven, twelve hours mm-hmm. is because it's not that. It's it's what's installed in me. It's it's like I can't just let it go. It, yeah. it, now I have gotten to the point where if it's not an emergency or if it's not really important at that time, 
I have gotten to the point where, you know what, I don't need to respond right now. I'll respond tomorrow. Right. But certain other types of escalations, certain things that come to my mind that maybe I can help handle or solve at that time, it's like I can't not not address that issue. Yeah, and I think that I think I hear this all the time. Like the work is always going to be there tomorrow. You know, like it. I know I've for for me, like it's always going to be there. Like when I come back in the morning, but like you know, and we don't even have a family right now. But I know that a lot of those important moments with kids and and family, like you're not you're not going to get like Julian said before, you're not going to get those times back. Like you're not going to get the like what were we doing? We were having pizza, right? Pizza and wine. We were having pizza and wine. Like we're not going to, especially now. And then we went into quarantine. So it's like, you're really not going to get that moment back. Like you're not going to get the time with your significant other back. Um, You know, cause things can change so quickly as they have. Now we're stuck in the house and now Julian has to eat what I cook him every night instead of delicious pizza from <laughs> Federici's. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're not going to get those moments back. And I think it's just important to remember that when, and not be so hard on yourself when, you know, you can't, you're at the end of a long day, you've already put eight hours in, nine hours in, 10 hours in, whatever the case may be, you've put in that time already. So you, you shouldn't beat yourself up over, you know, that person, that email can wait till tomorrow or that answer can wait till tomorrow or this type of work can wait till tomorrow. As long as you're not facing a deadline that's immediate, I think it's important to delegate that work either to somebody else if you're managing a team of people or put it off for your on your to-do list for the following day. Um, so to that end, um, I know we've talked about a lot of the issues face and not necessarily a lot of the, uh, the fixes for those issues other than setting boundaries and delegation and things like that, generally speaking. But we came up with some tips that might help with, um, you know, decompressing and starting your day off on the right foot and, you know, making sure that you set yourself up for a successful and productive day, but then also be able to turn it off at the end of the day. Um, so the first thing, um, that I did, well, yeah, that I do or did, I don't, well, like what even are we? Like, I don't know. I'm working from home now, so I don't even know. <laughs> I haven't had my commute in so long that it's like hard to talk about, but I used to use my commute as a time to decompress. Um, I have about a 50 minute to an hour commute to my job. I know a lot of people don't have that time, but no matter what it is, um, whether it's a five minute drive, 10 minute drive, a bike ride, I mean, whatever it is, if you're on public transportation, you're sitting on a train, whatever it is that you, whatever time you use to leave your house and go to work, use that time to decompress. I'm talking even in the beginning of the day, you want to make sure that you face your day head on and, you know, focus in the morning. And I would say at the end, try and, you know, de-stress things like that. So you use that time, um, which otherwise would have just been like your commute, like a mundane, something that drags out every day. Um, you know, use that time to listen to some good music, listen to a podcast, um, you know, talk to a loved one. I don't know if, you know, you set up a, set up a call with your mom, dad, brother, sister, uh, whomever, you know, um, in the, in the beginning of the day, um, you know, if it's too early for that, then maybe you make a playlist that's going to like improve your mood as you go into work. I know I, for one, like to make sure that my car is like, <laughs> and this is going to sound silly, but make sure that my car is like kind of like a Zen environment. Like I make sure I have like a nice little air freshener. I make sure that, you know, the seat warmers are on and, you know, I, I just set myself up so that the ride isn't so miserable and I'm not dreading my day. Um, you know, I love what I do and I know that a lot of people aren't in that similar position, but I think that if you change your mindset in the beginning of the day, I think it makes all the difference. You know, I like to listen to a bunch of different podcasts. Um, so I'll typically pick out the podcast before I even get my car, set it up, listen to it. And then I just find myself once I get to work, I'm like, okay, I can take on the day. You know, um, I have a specific, you know, I make my coffee in the morning. 
I have that, but I don't eat breakfast until I get to work. I mean, your routine might be different. You might want to have breakfast first, whatever it is, but make it a routine and make it so that you're doing not necessarily the exact same thing every day, but you have some sort of routine in place that will get you in a good headspace to start your day. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Have some kind of uh, flow that you do and that you stick to. Uh, the more that you have your, you know, your morning or whatever, your daily routine organized and down to a, down to a specific time frame, I think the better prepared you're going to be, uh, both physically and mentally, to take on the challenges of the day. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, um, and I, I certainly do not adhere to this all the time, but I typically like to have like whatever I'm going to wear to work set out, you know, the night before. Um, I get up in the morning, I do my like morning whatever routine usually have water or something start the coffee um you know stretch walk around the house whatever it is um i know some people have very very particular morning routines where they do like eight sun salutations and then they take a steam shower and do a face like i don't have time for that i for one don't have time for that so i just i just embrace the little things whether it's waking up and seeing the cats or you know waking up feeding the cats and then turning on the coffee maker and then getting dressed or if it's turning on the news for like a couple of minutes while I'm getting dressed um, while I'm getting ready things like that um, you know having those little things put into play and and facing your day making your bed for example like I mean I know that that has a profound impact on some people I don't know that it's really impacted us that much but I do try to make sure that the bed is made like I, I just it gets you in a routine to be ready for the day and then you're not thinking about okay like my house is a mess or oh you know the cats weren't fed did, did I feed them is my husband going to feed them Am I, you know like and you're just like distracted so I think that having that morning routine is really important so that's before you even leave for the day so you know I mean I that that's what I do I mean I know Julian's is even more abbreviated than mine but um but that's that's how I like to start the day and then like I said you use your commute or whatever time going yep. into work getting into that headspace to be productive throughout the day. Yeah. And even if you're, you know, if you're bringing your lunch into work, um, you know, maybe you make your lunch or you prep it, you know, the day or the night before that way, you know, in the morning, you're not rushing. The more oh, we're yeah. rushing in the morning, the more we're naturally are going to begin the day um, stressed out. Yeah. So the more organized you are, the more you have everything together uh, in the morning, basically the simpler everything is, um, it, it's automatically going to put your, your mind in the right state of mind um, in the right thought process of being successful and accomplishing tasks uh, throughout the rest of the day. So again, the more we have ourselves organized and better prepared to take on challenges, um, the better we'll be able to actually um, accomplish those challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Julian's a bear when he doesn't have his like meal prep ready from the night before and he's rushing around in the morning. He is. Yeah. If I'm rushing around in the treat. morning, like it, it's, <laughs> I know I, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure I don't, I don't leave the house late. I'm trying to make sure I'm at work by a specific time. But then it snowballs. Like you get, then you go to work and you're like, I hate being here. And then you want to leave, like, and then you end up leaving late and then you get home and you're like, that was terrible. Like, so it, it does get worse. If you start off worse, it just only, it only gets worse. Right. Um, I, I think if, well, not necessarily. Uh, I think if it starts off worse then. Um, you know, if you can identify the fact that you are, you are, you're stressed and you're on kind of like the wrong page, uh, especially when you're at work, um, I think maybe you might have to take like, you know, a quick 10, 15, 20 minute, like reset yeah. and just reset yourself and start getting things in line. Even if you have to disconnect from what's going on, um, start, you know, prioritizing tasks and start accomplishing them. Once you start getting things done, I believe it'll put you back on the right, you know, yeah. on the right track. Yeah. We, um, well, we, I typically like when I get to work, I go in, I have like my second set, second cup of coffee. I usually make it work. Um, 
because I finished the first cup on the way to work. And I'm not saying that it's healthy to have this much caffeine, but this is what I do. Um, I make another cup of coffee. I get my water cup full and then I sit down and I, I typically like will make a list of things that I have to absolutely get done that day. That way I'm not putting pressure on myself to, and my brain isn't scattered to try and accomplish every single thing that's on my to-do list. I try and make a list of, okay, what deadlines am I facing tomorrow? What deadlines am I facing two days from now? So that you know, um, you know, reasonably what things you can get done in the, in, in the day. And I think that's helpful too. I know lists help me. Um, my calendar helps me. Um, and that's largely due to my assistant. She helps me like organize all my stuff. But um, just on a rudimentary level, if you can just make a list of things that you have to get done and the order in which they need to get done, I think that that's really helpful. Um, so throughout the day, um, you know, I know a lot of, like a lot of times I end up not being able to take a full lunch. Um, during the day. Like I know that, I mean, for attorneys in our office, it's kind of just like you just take a break when you need to. So even if it's just turning away from my desk or like moving to a different table, if I'm, even if I'm still working, as long as I change my environment a little bit for that quote unquote break, it feels like a break anyways, even if I'm working through it. So like, um, you know, if I'm reviewing documents or things like that, and I just like do it in a different place while I'm eating my lunch, at least it feels like I had somewhat of a break, even though I kind of tricked myself and was working anyway. Um, so I think it's important to have those little breaks and even like a couple, two, three minute breaks at a time, like just get up, walk around, go down. Like for me, I'm on the eighth floor. So I go downstairs, walk around, um, you know, whatever it might be, even those little breaks, if you can't take an hour lunch or whatever, just take those little breaks throughout the day that help to kind of break up the day and make you, you know, reset, take a breath. Um, it I think it helps with productivity. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, it's a little thing. So that that could be you putting on music while you're, you know yeah. you're working. I I know that music like helps me kind of focus and concentrate more. So sometimes if I'm really trying to dive deep into something, um, then uh, what I'll do is I'll put headphones on and I'll just like blast music. You know, um, you know, and it, it kind of it really helps me focus. Um, and a couple other things I've done recently, uh, especially I'm trying to focus, I'm kind of stressed out. Maybe I need a break. Yeah. Uh, what I've also done is, you know, on, on one of the monitors, maybe that I'm using, I'll actually have like maybe like an old football game on. Yeah. Right. And just kind of like be able to glance at it and listen to it in the background. And that kind of helps me like reset my thought process, helps me focus. But at the same time, like it kind of puts me in a better mood. Yeah. And I'm actually more productive that way. Yeah. And I think we're going to, we're definitely going to have more podcasts in the future about, um, like day-to-day productivity and stuff like that and and different methods by which to get your work done. Um, I think that that's a big topic area and there's a lot of different theories on how to do that, how to break up your day, whether it's work for 40 minutes, break for 10, work for 40 minutes, break for 10. I know that that's like one of the systems that people use um, and block scheduling and things like that. So we'll talk about that in a separate podcast, but this is just kind of to get through your day, um, get what, get done what you need to get done so that at the end of your day, you can call it a day, call it a work day and, and go home and enjoy your family and enjoy your life, um, which is what we work so hard for. So um, back to the commute. So now your day is over um, and you want to relax. I think it's important to relax your entire environment. I think, um, like I said, you know, use your commute to kind of unwind a little bit before you get home. Um, whether again, whether that be music, whether that be another podcast of a different genre that helps you kind of unwind instead of focus. Um, I find that listening to two different types of music and or podcasts in the car is helpful to, to set kind of the tone for what, what mood you're going for. Um, 
and we live in an age where there are so many choices out there that you can, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of tailor it to what you need for, for different parts of the day. Um, but you know, I will typically, you know, get like refill my water and make sure that I have my water for the drive home. Um, you know, listen to a different kind of podcast on the way home. I already said that. And, uh, if Julian's on his way home, um, we typically talk on the phone and he'll call me or I'll call him and we'll talk about, you know, how our day went, whatever. Um, uh, just touching briefly on, you know, work talk after work. Um, I know Julian and I make a, make a concerted effort to not talk too much about work itself. Instead of talking about how work itself was, we talk about how our day was like as human beings, like, you know, you talk about what you did that day, um, you know, how you were feeling that day, things of that nature. Julian and I always talk about like what time we're going to work out that night because another tip on my list is to do something for yourself at the end of the day. Um, And for us, that's working out. So typically him and I will try and figure out what time we're going to go to the gym, right? Or what we're going to do, what type of workout we're going to do. I know for some people that might be reading, that might be taking a hot bath, that might be cooking, that might be playing with your kids, whatever it is. Um, you know, use the the time in your commute to look forward to that and and hold yourself to that. Make sure that you do that thing for yourself at the end of the day. I think that that's that's an important um, sort of line that you set for yourself. Like, okay, once I'm doing this with my family, then that's you know that's what I'm doing. I'm not going to be checking emails. I'm not going to be answering phone calls. So um, you know, setting something at the end of the day to kind of say, you know, I'm home. This is you know this is something for me this is my life this is what i what i work hard for right yeah i know i completely agree and again we've mentioned this before but exercise is is huge with us and uh i know it's one of those things where you know if if we miss a, a day or you know that that's fine um but we always make sure we we have a consistent effort to make sure that we always get in our workout even if it's at home yeah. obviously lately because of the quarantine and everything we've done has been at home um so just make sure that, you know, you, you again, have, you're organized, you have a set schedule and a set plan for yourself. Um, and, you know, at least for us, I know, like, no matter what kind of a day I had, if I, you know, able to knock out that 20, 30, 40 minute, 60 minute workout afterwards, I'm kind of like refreshed, revived, yeah. you know, um, that thing that was bothering me before maybe isn't impacting me the way it was earlier. So again, and that helps to kind of reset your body and reset your mind so that tomorrow you can get up and you can go back, to, go right. back and do the same thing. Um, you know, same thing, better or stronger, or you know, to make sure that we're not dwelling on something for too long, so we can restart the day and and be productive. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, when you do that thing for yourself, you are ending the day on a high note, and then you're not waking up resentful that you have to go back to work. You know, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, I know. Yeah, because a lot of I mean, I'm just a lot of the times we're you know, as much as I love what I do, it's like you know, do I want to be doing it for ten hours a day? Probably not, but I'm more willing and more able and more productive to do so when I've had that that couple hours or or nighttime routine or whatever it is with my family and you know weekends with my family. The same thing goes for weekends. You want to make sure that you set the weekends aside for things that you want to do, not necessarily things that you have to do. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And again, like the weekends go by fast. So if if you are a Monday through Friday or um, and you know this, um, you know you're you're you basically depending on what you know business you're in, you basically need to give your entire existence in life, unfortunately, to that business Monday through Friday. You don't have to, but again, it depends on what kind of you know. This is me basically speaking um, from experience right now. Currently, my situation is I have to basically give everything I have to the business Monday through Friday. So when Saturday and Sunday come come on, 
I mean, it's it's a huge relief, um, and it's definitely you know able to. I I feel like myself again. I'm able to kind of recharge the batteries, and I'm just more relaxed and more enjoying my life more. Um, and then obviously, then you know, it's only two days. So then before you know, it, Monday's back, and and there you are again. And it kind of sucks because you know well, I have to give my entire life to you know this something that like I mean that I'm I don't fully love or enjoy. Um, you know, the, the whole week. So that's why it's, it's important to where, you know, if you can leave at a normal time on Monday, for example, and get home, like do that. Cause that, yeah. that right there, like that makes a difference. Um, and that will help. And before you know it, it's Tuesday. And then before you know it, it's Wednesday and then it's Friday and you're, you're back at it again. So yeah. again, just make sure that you're taking that time for yourself and make sure that you have something to look forward to. Uh, every day yeah just make sure that you're giving your all your 100 percent to the things that really matter to your family to your friends to your leisure time to you know whomever whomever in your life needs it or whoever in your life is important to you make sure that you're giving them them 100 percent. you know as i certainly give 100 percent at your job too but you want to make sure that you're giving that same kind of effort to your family and friends which is why you're working you know it's why you have a career it's why you know um why you're working so hard throughout the week and and on work days. Um, But yeah, and I think in the end, it makes you less stressful. It makes you, um, and less stress leads to so many other different benefits too, you know, less anxiety, less feelings of, you know, um, insecurity, things like that. Um, Stress can kind of aggravate a lot of those feelings within us. So if you're not, if you're not as stressed out and you're, you kind of take that time to decompress, I think that it, it leads to a lot of different benefits secondarily. So it makes you a better, you know, worker, spouse, whatever it might be. So I hope that all of these tips and this conversation were helpful to you guys. Um, If you have any questions for us, please reach out via DM at WJT podcast on Instagram. And our email is also WJT podcast at gmail.com. We're happy to answer any questions you might have or take any ideas that you might have for future podcasts, um, things that you want us to talk about. Um, we are produced by Dimly Wit Productions. Um, so big shout out to them for helping us. And um, we'll talk to you guys soon. Absolutely, guys. Again, thank you for everything. And remember, stay stress-free. Until next time, we're just talking. Perfect. Perfect. Hosted on dimlywit.com.